RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. The police classify last night's stabbing of a police officer as attempted murder and suicide. Activist Chow Hung Tung is denied bail after appearing in court today. And a hotel cleaner who was confirmed to have a mutant strain of COVID has since tested negative. Investigations are underway into the stabbing of a police officer in Causeway Bay last night. He's now in serious condition. Police sources say the suspect, who died after the attack, had written a suicide note that was critical of the force. The case has been classified as attempted murder and suicide. Timmy Sung reports. After he was stopped in the back outside the so-called department store, the 28-year-old police officer's lung was said to have been punctured. He was once in a critical condition, but has since improved. The long assailant, meanwhile, stabbed his own chest after the attack and later died. Police sources said they had found a suicide note in a USB flash drive found on him, explaining his actions. According to the sources, the message was critical of the police and contained views on how the national security law had undermined people's freedoms and a raid on a suspect's home found materials in his computer as well as newspaper clippings relating to the 2019 social unrest. The police said initial investigation suggested the suspect was radicalized by disinformation and seditious comments, initiating what Secretary for Security Chris Tang described as a lone wolf-style terrorist attack. RTHK was told that the 50-year-old suspect was not married and did not have any criminal records or history of mental illness. He had lived with his parents, but apparently they did not know what their son did for a living. Speaking to reporters in the early hours, Mr Tang blamed hate mongers for pushing the man into carrying out the violent act. He said people who advocate violence, incite hatred against the country and glorify these attacks were just as responsible, describing their hands are also covered in blood. Sources said in light of the attack, frontline officers are told to patrol in a group of at least two or more if manpower allows. They may also wear protective vests in future crowd management events. At the scene of the attack in Causeway Bay, mourners, some clad in black, were seen leaving white flowers at the scene, and officers stopped and checked the identities of some of them. In a statement, the police condemned those who glorified the suspect online, saying they blatantly support serious and violent illegal acts. The force stressed it would not tolerate violence and said officers were stepping up intelligence gathering and patrol to prevent illegal acts. Activist Chao Hang Tung of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China has been denied bail after a court appearance today. Jimmy Choi reports. Chao Han Chong appeared at West Kowloon Magistracy, charged with inciting others to join an unauthorized rally on June the 4th, marking the Tiananmen Square crackdown in 1989. The court refused to ground bail to the 36-year-old activist and barrister and ordered her to be remanded in custody until her next hearing on the 30th of this month. The vice chairman of the Hong Kong Alliance was arrested by the police on the 4th of last month. She was later granted bail but was taken into custody again on Wednesday. Ms. Chow is also accused of encouraging people to join a band rally on the handover anniversary the next day. Now to COVID-19. Health authorities say they're investigating why a hotel room cleaner, who was earlier confirmed to be infected with a mutated strain of COVID-19, has since tested negative. She also tested negative for antibodies. Dr. Chuang Chuk-kwan from the Centre for Health Protection says it's too early to say if it was a false positive case. 
Of course, there may be explanations such as she's at the very early stage after contacting the virus, so she's still incubating the virus. And so after a few days, we may observe a different, I mean, um, repeated testing may, may yield a positive result. But there may be other explanations. We uh, wonder whether there is a possibility of, uh, for example, environmental contamination. If the virus is not a live virus contaminated by her and then she's not actually infected. To the weather forecast, it'll be mainly fine with one or two showers tomorrow morning. The minimum temperature will be about 29 degrees. Very hot again tomorrow with a top temperature of about 33 degrees in town, a few degrees even higher in the new territories. Winds will be moderate south to southwesterlies. Currently, the observed tree is 30 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity now at 81%. And please be advised that the very hot weather warning is currently in force. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. Police say they've arrested a 24-year-old man in connection with a suspected firebomb attack at the chief executive's residence in Central in the early hours of yesterday. Timmy Sung reports. Officers say the jobless man was arrested in Maoanshan and they're investigating his motive. Authorities were called to the government's house for investigation after a slope near the chief executive's residence was on fire at around 2 a.m. on Thursday. Detectives later found several bottles of combustible material and LPG cylinders at the scene and believed they had been used to make the homemade firebomb. The force stressed arson is a serious offence and offenders face a maximum penalty of life imprisonment. Students and staff of a Tinsoi Wai school are the first in Hong Kong to get vaccinated under a government outreach scheme. Francis Sit with the story. The outreach team was at Queen Elizabeth School Old Students Association Secondary School to provide jobs for about 300 students and teachers. The minister responsible for the city's vaccination program, Patrick Nip, said things went smoothly. He said authorities are ironing out inoculation arrangements with around 300 other schools around town, and the aim is to vaccinate as many students as possible so that schools can resume normal teaching after the summer break. Over at Lashko, lawmakers urged the government to require schools to report their COVID-19 vaccination rates regularly. Also on the agenda was whether the jobs should be made mandatory for teachers. The government reviewed earlier that about 18% of teachers had received the jobs as of early May. Education Secretary Kevin Young told lawmakers he didn't have the latest data, but believes more teachers have since been vaccinated. Either they get vaccinations or they get regular, maybe weekly testing. The DAB's Elizabeth Court wasn't happy with the response and said officials need to put their foot down by giving teachers only two options, vaccination or regular testing. But the education chief was cool to the idea. He spoke through an interpreter. If we give them the choice, in relation to vaccination, if we're not making it compulsory, then we must respect their right to choose. If we were to ask schools why the teachers did not receive the jabs, is that in violation of our promise of right to choose for the teachers? Hong Kong launched a mass vaccination drive in late February, but officials have expressed concern about what they see as a low inoculation rate so far. Hong Kong has dismissed a U.S. report that says the territory isn't doing enough to fight human trafficking. Here's Violet Wong. Washington has placed Hong Kong on its Tier 2 watch list for the second year in a row. 
That means the SAR does not fully meet the minimum standards for the elimination of human trafficking, but is making significant efforts to do so. The report by the U.S. State Department concluded that the Hong Kong government had made minimal efforts to protect victims, and that its victim identification procedures were ineffective to the extent that they were punished for crimes that traffickers compelled them to commit. It also says NGOs and other civic groups have become less willing to work with the authorities against trafficking because of the national security law. The SAR government hit back at the report, calling it biased and unreasonable. It says the U.S. has ignored the unparalleled efforts by local authorities in proactively combating human trafficking. A government spokesman pointed out that a dedicated division has been set up within the Labor Department to better protect the rights of foreign domestic helpers, while the Immigration Department has put in place a special investigation team to look into trafficking offences. He said of 6,900 initial screening conducted by the authorities last year, only three victims were identified, which showed human trafficking is not a prevalent problem here. Patricia Ho is a human rights lawyer and founder of the rights group Hong Kong Dignity Institute. She said it's worrying to see the government downplaying the human trafficking problem here. I think if you speak to any NGO in Hong Kong that works in the field of human trafficking,、um, you won't find anybody who would agree with that. Day in day out, there would be victims of trafficking coming to different NGOs asking for help, and it really raises questions: why the government wouldn't see the same thing? You know, I think that when the government says it's not a problem in Hong Kong, it sounds certainly sounds like they're. Turning a blind eye to a situation that should be quite obvious. Turning overseas, defence officials in Afghanistan say the last U.S. troops have left Bagram, their centre of operations throughout two decades of military engagement there. A ceremony to mark the formal handover of the airbase north of Kabul will take place tomorrow. The vast Bagram complex was the hub of NATO operations in Afghanistan against the Taliban, Al Qaeda, and other anti-government forces. The Taliban say they welcome the news of the withdrawal. The BBC's Yogita Lamaye in Kabul says it leaves many Afghans scared. We don't know exactly how many soldiers are still left here. What we know is all of this is happening at a time when violence is really worsening across Afghanistan.、Uh, the Taliban are fighting Afghan government forces in as many as 20 of the country's 34 provinces. Outside here, when you talk to people, there is a real sense of fear that when you know all of the foreign forces leave. What will happen in this country? Will the Taliban be here in Kabul? How soon? You know, if that will happen, how soon will it happen? Will it go into a state of civil war? So there is a lot of anxieties, a lot of worries among ordinary civilians here. The Taliban continue to launch fresh military offences across Afghanistan. Heavy fighting was reported overnight in provinces in the west, east, and north. Last month alone, more than 600 government soldiers and civilians died as a direct result of fighting. In recent weeks, schools, government buildings, and infrastructure such as electricity pylons have been damaged or destroyed. Sports now. Organisers of the Tokyo Olympics are said to be leaning towards banning spectators from nighttime and large-scale venues. The report by the Yomiuri Shimbun newspaper came a day after Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga warned the Olympics could be held behind closed doors amid a jump in COVID cases in Tokyo three weeks before the games open. A final decision on spectators will be made next week. Fans from abroad have already been banned. 
American sprint sensation Shakari Richardson has confirmed that she tested positive for marijuana at the US Olympic athletics trials and will be barred from the 100 metres at the Tokyo Games. Speaking on NBC's Today TV show, 21-year-old Richardson said she took marijuana to cope with a state of emotional pain after learning of the death of her biological mother from a reporter at the US Olympic trials last month in Oregon. No Giannis Antetokounmpo, no problems for the Milwaukee Bucks as they're now just one win away from reaching the NBA Finals for the first time in nearly half a century. The Bucks grabbed a 3-2 lead in the Eastern Conference Final thanks to a 123-112 win against the Atlanta Hawks in Game 5 of the Best of Seven series. Antetokounmpo sat out because of a hyperextended left knee but Brooke Lopez picked up the slack with a playoff career high of 33 points. The Bucks haven't been in the NBA Finals since 1974. The first two quarterfinals of the Euro 2020 football tournament kick off tonight, with one of the venues beset by COVID-19. St. Petersburg and Russia as a whole have been registering record death rates, but the Russian government said no lockdowns were being discussed. Switzerland meets Spain in St. Petersburg, and then play Belgium play Italy in Munich. Alex Capstick from the BBC has this preview. Switzerland produced the biggest upset of the tournament so far when they overcame world champions France in dramatic fashion. It was a performance full of skill and resilience, which they'll hope to replicate against a resurgent Spain, who've scored ten goals in their last two matches. Later, two of the favourites face each other in Munich, in arguably the tie of the round. Belgium and Italy are the only teams left in the competition with 100% records. In fact, the Italians' unbeaten run now stretches to a total of 31 games, while Belgium, who topped the world rankings, have lost just once in 27. It's why many people are saying it's a clash that deserves to be a final. And with a look ahead to tomorrow night's matches, here's the BBC's John Bennett. It's going to be a Saturday packed with tension, with four more teams trying to book the last two places in the European Championship semi-finals. England will be aiming to reach the last four of a major tournament for the second time in a row when they take on Ukraine in Rome. It'll be their first match outside London at Euro 2020 after playing all of their group matches and their last 16 tie at Wembley Stadium. But Gareth Southgate's side are on a high following their 2-0 win over Germany. As for Ukraine, they beat Sweden 2-1 in their last 16 match with a goal in injury time of extra time. That 120 minutes of football, though, took a lot out of them. So there are concerns that their energy levels will be low against England in their first ever European Championship quarterfinal. In Saturday's other last eight tie, Denmark have momentum after scoring eight goals in their last two wins over Russia and Wales. But their opponents, Czech Republic, will be looking to cause yet another upset after knocking out the highly rated Netherlands in the last round. They've only conceded two goals so far, and at the other end they have a striker in great form. Patrick Schick has found the back of the net four times so far at this tournament. And that's the news from RTHK.
very good Friday evening to you. Welcome to our big band Friday night. Woody Herman and his orchestra first with Summer Sequence. Next on three is June Christie. I know I should go out Be seen here and there But my friends have found out My baby don't care I don't go out walking I ain't for no talking My baby's done left me Just a sitting and rocking If I had been scheming Instead of just dreaming He'd never have left me Just a sitting and rocking Sitting all day Without holding my baby Makes me so blue and sad And come back, it's a sin still Drive me mad if I don't find him I hope you'll remind him That I'm staying 